Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Arthritis Action Podcast. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm the area coordinator for the charity and also your host. Uh, joining me on today's episode is Leah, our groups and events manager. Hello. And a friend of the charity, Mr. Chris Field. Hi there. So in each episode, we've got a topic. We're going to discuss a different aspect of arthritis and how that impacts people and what what possible things you could do to, to help manage it a little bit better. So today's one is work and arthritis. So as we've asked uh, Chris to join us today as, as a man with arthritis uh, and who also works. Indeed, that's correct. Excellent. We should probably start from like, if you could tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, just to start off with. Yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, my name's Chris. Uh, I'm 33, uh, Londoner, and I work in the accounting sector. Um, primarily a desk job, which probably will factor into the uh, conversation later on. Great, excellent. Um, I suppose I guess we just kick right off into it. So, I mean, like, how how has arthritis like impacted your work life? It, well, at different stages, it's been very difficult, really, really difficult. Um, the the biggest and largest uh, sort of impact was always the commute. Um, having the benefit of a desk job did uh, mean that I had time to rest and recoup between travelling. Um, but certainly, the when it was at its worst and when it was unmanageable. Um, getting to work and the sort of uh, traveling aspect was incredibly difficult. I imagine so, especially in London, of all places, well, it's a lot of, did, did you have to like, you know, do a commute via like your know, train bus? And yes. Uh, so uh, walk, tube, walk. Uh, right. And then also uh, sort of uh, walk, tram, walk, um, and so on. So it's, um, yeah, probably one of the biggest difficulties is the fact that something like arthritis is, almost uh there's no way of knowing someone has it there's no way of knowing that you're standing there uh you know especially at the worst points when you have flare-ups just how much physical pain you can be in uh surrounded by all these people that you know uh just aren't are unaware now that's nobody's fault of course but at the same time it's it's a very difficult place to be Mm, definitely i'd imagine so so i mean when you get to work how is how is how is that then like if you've already had an exhausting journey going in i mean how do you then like cope with like starting your work day at that point when you already might be exhausted well uh well that's pretty much it uh you're you're constantly running on empty um you're arriving at your desk and you're saying i already feel like i've done day of work just getting here alone um this was uh so just as a small background um my ankylosing spondylitis uh was particularly bad um this was from sort of uh, let's say 2012 to about 2015 so about three years mm-hmm. um and getting to work was incredibly difficult when you actually get to work it's also fairly difficult to sort of try and have people understand the difficulty you've just had so there were points in the office where you get up from your seat or i'd get up from my seat and i'd, I'd find myself visibly limping um, sort of scuttling and limping and trying to not put any pressure or take very small steps. And there's just no sort of fluid way of traveling in your workspace as well. How did your colleagues react to all of that? I mean, did you have to like tell them about it or was it as, as obvious as you were saying? I'm <laughs> pretty much as obvious <laughs> as I was saying. Um, at the sort of, I'm, I'm quite fortunate. My work's been quite nice to me about the situation. 
Um, they they sort of understood the difficulties. They understood that there would be good days and bad days. And they also uh, they they did offer support. They offered, uh, but luckily for us, our office is quite strict in terms of sort of ergonomic uh, situation. So you know, all the desks were already set up perfectly, adjustable chairs, so on and so forth. So for me, um, there was not too much they could actually do. But I'm aware that there is always the responsibility of an employer to consider the health and well-being of their staff. Definitely. I completely agree with that because we get so many people who come along to our groups or people that that phone up the charity and say, what can I do? Like, it's people often worry that their employers aren't going to be supportive. Some are, some aren't. And I think it's about knowing what's available to you. How can you do your job better with the with the support that you have? And if not, what are the next stages that you can go through, whether that's access to work schemes or other allowances? Because we say it all the time, it's cheaper to keep an employee than it is to hire up a new one. I think a lot of people worry that their job is at risk and to see the the support options available is one of the best things that you can do. So that's something I'd like to know about, actually, if, if you don't mind, Chris, is like, how how did you tell your employer? Like, how, how was that? Because I imagine I've spoken to loads of people who have arthritis and they don't want to tell their employer. But I mean, how, 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 yeah. was, the, how was the situation for you? <laughs> um, so... Um... My uh, originally at the very, very start of all of this, uh, I very foolishly, before being diagnosed with arthritis, uh, bought myself a rowing machine. And we spent the first month um, when the symptoms came on thinking that essentially it was a slip disc or something similar to that. So uh, while I don't actually think um, sort of that that was ever the case, I don't think this was brought about by some kind of trauma. Um, it definitely kind of almost masked the longer term problems. And especially from a work aspect, you keep saying to yourself, I'm going to struggle in today. I'm going to, I'm going to limp around the office. People are going to notice it. They're going to see this. And you have to, for at least the first month, I was saying to people, oh, it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a sporting accident um, or, you know, a self-inflicted injury, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and I think that that sort of, while I'm not suggesting that that's an appropriate way of informing your employer, um, I I did feel quite sort of almost like a sort of test run at the fact that ultimately I would have to admit to them that physically there were going to be difficulties, especially while being undiagnosed. So how did you eventually broach that? Sit down like when you had to like when you finally had to bite the bullet and let them know. I well I think they well. It's, the phrase they worked me out is not correct because that implies I was hiding something, but they pretty much said you should be better by now. Um, I'm very close and, and a, a good level of mu- communication with my management. Mm. And they, they pretty much said, you know, we are concerned. This hasn't improved. We can see it's getting worse, if anything. And that was kind of the point where, um, well, fortunately, and unfortunately, in different ways, um, I'd taken this injury to the doctors and they essentially had started sending me on courses of physiotherapy. So that was almost the sort of tick in the box saying something is up. Chris has to leave the office for a half day to go to a physiotherapy center. And, uh, you know, at the, at the start, I think I was going, I want to say once every three weeks or something at the beginning, mm. um, obviously flare ups depending and so on, but it was, it was very much a, trying to sort of fit work around the fact that you know once every two weeks three weeks 
I would have to spend half a day not only traveling more, but also essentially having to sort of report back to work saying if what they thought it will improve, will it get better or worse? Okay, great. So, I mean, so how, I mean, obviously, as I, so I guess it's a gradual thing. And like you say, it sounds like you're really lucky that you had some employers that, well, that even noticed that there was anything going on, which is actually really cool in itself. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, so, I mean, so what's changed since then? So, like, now that it's all like you know you're diagnosed you know what's going on so what what kind of things are now different about your work life other than the struggles of getting into the office um well luckily now uh after 18 months of physio um the physiotherapist pretty much decided that the uh to medicate um in this case so it was i was on um i'm afraid i forget the name but we moved me up to Hamura, and now i'm on another form of that which has brought a lot of my mobility back um, in terms of, I think work, we're mostly just grateful that I went down that line um, in the fact that now I have my mobility back, mm. um, which once again is sort of lucky for them because I never had to really put them in the situation where I needed the extended time off work. Now, this could be that, you know, being a young person or young in brackets person yeah. <laughs> um, with, with arthritis meant that I had the ability to recover quicker and I had the access to the certain types of medicine that required my sort of bringing me back to normal function. Um, so I think I was very fortunate in terms of, of work and the speed of the recovery as well. Um, once they decided to take me off the physio after probably about 18 months of different types of flare-ups, um, very progress was made very quickly in this case now that's that obviously is case by case dependent depending on the individual um but i think work were mostly just happy to see me happy again in the fact that the movement side of things you know i didn't get up from my chair and grimace i didn't think how am i going to get from my desk to the to the bathroom or something similar to that that's awesome no i'm really happy to hear that that's worked out for you so i mean i guess things like Extra equipment at work? Do anything? Is that something that really applies to you now? Is that, or has the medication handled that for you? Really, um, the medications handled the need for that. Um, there were my my company do provide allowances and so on if I needed it. Um, at some point, I I imagine that I can't stay. Well, I uh, I don't want to give any medical advice, but at some point, I imagine I have to come off the anti-inflammatories in some form or another. In which case, it's a uh, comfort to me knowing that my work will hopefully well will prioritize my well-being and my health and that there are schemes of in work to apply for that type of disability um i am fortunate of this sort of modern view and i do benefit from having a desk job of course i think that's um, a definite distinction because we do speak to a lot of people that say we'll work in retail or work in hospitality where you do have to be on your feet and and if you can't do that i think there's a definite worry where what will your employer say or what will they think of you? So I think that's um, also where we get a lot of questions. So we always say it's it's worth asking about breaks. It's worth it's worth asking about take, whether it's possible to take time out. And again, having that that conversation. So I think that's definitely a, that's been a popular topic lately is that now we're reaching out to lots of different people and people have different um, experiences of employment is how you can communicate with your manager, how they can help make the the situation more bearable for you. So um, the other week I was speaking to somebody that worked in a shop and some it was quite a simple solution for her. So 
she needed to sit down sometimes while she was on the shop floor and it took her quite a long time she was saying but the solution in the end for her was actually buying um the employer buying something for her to sit on while she was on the shop floor and I think it's it's just little things like that I think that make you feel valued but also feeling open enough to say actually for me to carry on doing my job this is something that that I need and that I require that's something that definitely has come up a lot of times I mean one of the one of the other things that other people do worry about is that maybe that their workplace won't be able to afford to do things like that which in which case there is actually a thing called the access to work scheme which employers can look into they get a grant from it to help you know get equipment for people so should that ever be an issue for anyone listening anything like your know, you, your work is like a tiny small business or something like that and they wouldn't be able to afford it look into the access to work scheme because that might be something that might make a lot of these things a lot more a lot more achievable because the, there are some like chairs are really like you know that's a simple one you could get a chair for someone i imagine pretty much every company will be able to afford a chair or at least a stool, something, you know. But when it comes to like, you can get different types of software and like, you know, like dictation software is like a really common one. So one of our members is like, she's spoken to us a lot about that. Like it's an expensive thing to get. And if your company can't afford it, then things like that are really useful. And something like dictation software then can be an absolute, you know, a bit of a lifesaver, especially if someone, like, if they are like, you know, working a desk job, got a type loads and stuff like that, and you got arthritis in your hands, that can be incredibly difficult. But thankfully, the wonders of modern technology are making things like that, you know, possible to do again, which is, mm. which is awesome. Definitely. And I think as well, if, if you have a desk job, it's, it's difficult to say um, stay seated for long periods of time. And that's something that we've taken into account with some of the resources that we've got on our um, website. We've got some really great stretches to do like that you can do just quickly whilst you're having a quick screen break from work. And it is getting up and, and keeping active because by the end, we're all probably guilty of it if we work with computers, but we're very hunched over and it can be very uncomfortable so remember even if it's just a few minutes taking those those short breaks um throughout the day as well and i bet the second that you mentioned posture you did exactly what me and chris yeah. just did which was <laughs> just sit up straight all of a sudden, oh no i'm doing that as well yeah um i suppose another thing that i wanted to ask was about reasonable adjustments because that's something that you know like everyone's entitled to and i was wondering if you've had to ask for that you know if you've had to have a bit of a change in like your working hours or you know do you get like a little grace period or something after you come in if you've had a difficult commute or anything or is there anything you've experienced um in in elements and small bits as well yes so the the general idea is that um my my company was very much office-based um, at the time. So after uh, post-pandemic, uh, post-lockdowns, um, we now have working from home, which uh, I found very useful for getting in certain exercise routines um, while we, while I am working from home, it makes life easier. Um, in terms of uh, when the arthritis was at its very worst, um, I think, you know, there were allowances to be arriving, at, you know, maybe a tiny bit late, because, for example, the the agony of getting on a tube and fighting your way through and so on meant that it was almost always preferable to stand and wait for the next one. Or you know, it's it's you know, it's it's sort of coming in ten minutes late, knowing that you're going to be ten minutes late. Um, and work were quite gracious about this, um, but of course, 
the you know that kind of makes things worse for the individual in some ways you suddenly start feeling that you know i'm working less than the people around me i'm you know turning up late and occasionally having to leave early to either go to a physio appointment or just thinking i've got to somehow avoid the rush um at the time um work was fairly flexible so that i could also while we didn't have a an official policy on flexible working um, they certainly would sort of allow me to, well, I say allow me to, um, I'd find myself working later so that I could avoid some of that rush and some of that push that takes place as well. Um, so while I'm not going to say that that was some kind of unspoken compromise, um, work certainly, I certainly found myself in a sort of exhausted position where I was working longer hours to avoid the difficulty of traveling. So I think work kind of accidentally benefited from that outcome. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like a, like an accidental win-win situation. You do you do a little, you get to leave a little bit later to avoid the rush, and they get to keep you working for a little bit longer or something. I suppose. That's true. <laughs> uh, yes, true. Um, but I mean, that's you know, for, fortunately for me, that I was in a position where there was work to do. I wasn't mm. wasting time. I was doing things. And um, hopefully this this made me look good, but it's it's not particularly good life advice for anyone dealing with arthritis in this case. You know, you shouldn't have to feel that you have to avoid that kind of stuff. You should be uh, applying, if anything, to move your hours back in. Well, so do I mean back back in time? So maybe getting to the office at eight and leaving at four. Um, if your company has a flexible working policy, or if they can make allowances for the difficulties that you might suffer from the commute and the travelling. Hmm. There's one one thing that's definitely been a positive since, like, say, pandemic and lockdowns and so on, is the the larger, like, more companies are doing flexible working. There's more working yeah. at home. That's now, whereas it never used to be, like lots of places I've worked in the past, working at home was unthinkable. Like, you know, you can't work at home, you work in an office. What are you doing there? Like, you can't just go sit on the sofa. Like, whereas now I think there's, there's much more of an understanding that hybrid working environments actually do work. So I think that's probably been very beneficial to a lot of people with arthritis, and especially if they have like an office-based job. Obviously, if, you know, if you're a laborer or something like that, you can't do that from home. You have to do that on site, but it all, it all does depend on what it is you're doing. But at least that's something for the office workers. Definitely. Hmm. So another one I wanted to ask you actually, how does work affect your life outside of work? So like, you know, do you still find you're able to be social? Do you find that like you have the option of, cause we have sort of discussed this with other people before where they kind of have the option of one or the other. Like if they work, they're not going out that same night or, you know, if they're and vice versa, if they've, if they've been out the night before work's not happening the next day. So is there anything like that affect? Does it affect you at all? Or is it just something that doesn't bother you? While, while I was undiagnosed, yes, um, absolutely. There, You would get to the point where you'd, you know, not only was I leaving later, hence missing the start of any kind of social event that might have been planned in or around the area. Um, I was also finding that because of a long day or because of the commute and you know, it's it's the very simple things like, you know, you go to work with a backpack and you don't want to take the backpack out with you because, you know, you've started to take your energy levels down, your mobility. And you think, oh, I've got to take this backpack home. Now I've got to go back out where I'm going and so on and so forth. And it just, it piles up mentally and physically. Um, before you know it, you know, you're, you find yourself Saturday morning having a you know, four hour lie, which you shouldn't be doing, um, especially, yeah, especially as lying down is 
probably one of the most painful things anyone with angst bonk can do sometimes. Um, but in the in the case of sort of socialising, my my sort of colleagues at work, um, who I'm I'm fairly friendly with, they were all fairly understanding. They would, would sort of turn it into a not a sort of humorous thing, but we would, we would joke about it, and they would sort of help me out and carry things if they saw I was struggling. Um, that's sort of the the nice mentality you get from essentially people that you know you work with, you feel comfortable around, and they want to help. And I think a, a lot of people, especially in a close knit team, um, do start feeling sort of guilt or, or maybe some sort of shame. Uh, simply the fact that they can't help you. There, there's no way they can do anything to assist the problem. I mean, you know, I'd lots of people just sort of. I mean, pity is completely the wrong word to use in this case. It's it's more about they sort of empathised and they felt sorry. And they were like, you know, how? What can you do? What are you doing? How can I help? That kind of thing, um, and it's it's tough as well because you know you you want to be independent, you want to be you know young and energetic, and you can't live up to those standards. And that kind of relates as well. We have see uh, lots of different conversations with people. One of the main things that come up is obviously pacing and doing what as much as you can, and that kind of on the days that you feel good, but obviously not overdoing it at the same time. And one thing we have been finding is that people are quite worried to use their um, their sick days so they're worried about calling sick so calling in sick so we're finding that people are actually using their annual leave on the days where perhaps they might be experiencing a flare-up or if they've been been on holiday and um, they need that time to recover they're finding that they're taking kind of additional days of leave when actually it might be considered sick time so it's also if I'm finding that that's one of the main challenges um, with people that we speak with that where do you strike that balance between using your annual leave, which is meant to be time for you to enjoy versus sick leave, which should be for kind of rest and recuperating if you're not feeling 100%. I agree completely, Leah. Um, I myself would take the occasional day off knowing that I was you know, coming out of the flare-up. So you know, I say to the, my employees on a Thursday, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to need Monday off for a holiday uh, what a nice easy day or you make up some kind of almost noticeable excuse and you just take that as a day off and that's you know something that you've been allocated that's gone now whereas you know you you get flu or something nasty and it becomes a sick day and that's kind of more acceptable than living with a long-term condition and um, but I mean part of that is sort of your own guilt in some ways you you don't want to feel like you're letting anyone down you don't want to feel like you're upsetting your employer or damaging your future um so before you know it instead of getting an s in that box that says you've been off sick it's now an h for holiday or something and yeah they run out very quickly mm. what do you wish you had known about working with arthritis that you had to find out on your own the hard way um one um signs that you're coming into a flare-up um, especially with with angst bonk, um, you can start feeling it. You can start feeling things getting worse. You can feel it getting better. Um, it's it's knowing your limitations. And I would, speaking to younger me, um, I would try and persuade him to look after himself a bit better in the way that not only health wise but also the mentality behind it. And as I as I just mentioned, the, the sort of how how you cope with feeling that you're just less than you are 
uh, especially in a working environment, the fact that you know you're you're sitting there almost constantly in pain. Um, it's a distraction. It's difficult. It's it's very upsetting to the people around you. You just sort of have this almost spiral effect going on. Um, and that's during the flare-up. And then when you're not having a flare-up, you need to almost appreciate the fact that you can do that and that you can be better. Be better is a horrible way of saying it. Um, but you can sort of appreciate how how normal you can be during the good times. You know, and we, we always say pain is very quick to forget. Um, whereas I would advise younger me to sort of remember that there were good days and there's bad days. And when it comes to work, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. And that's just, uh, yeah, that's probably the best advice I could have given myself. Excellent. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for talking to us today. Really appreciate it. Um, before I do the ending, it, well, Leah, anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I... I completely agree with everything um, that Chris has said. I think it's a case of if they, everyone will get good and bad days. And that's something that we say to to everyone that we come in, in contact with, with arthritis. And it's about finding that balance on the days that you feel that you feel good and knowing that you will feel that you will feel better. And there's lots of um, resources out there to help. So if you are looking, if you want to do any background reading or find out a bit more about work or any other topics such as pacing or even communication, if you're looking um, to start that conversation with your employer, we've got some great videos on our website that go into a bit more um, detail about that. Great. And you can find all of that at www.arthritisaction.org.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch with us or have a suggestion for the podcast or anything you'd like to hear a bit more about, please send us an email to podcast at arthritisaction.org.uk. Great. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you, Chris, for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you soon. Bye.